Good morning and welcome to the KRWC Book Club. Each third Thursday of the month, we present a new book by local artists and folks from around the area who have some interesting tales to tell and some interesting writing that we like to highlight. And today, we're going to talk with Jim Studer. Jim is an author we've had a chance to visit with before. His book is Leah on a Leash and Other Stories, really kind of three books in one. And we welcome Jim to the book club here on KRWC. Jim, good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. Nice to have you back with us. And uh, we're going to talk again about Leah on a Leash and uh, Other Stories. And uh, first of all, Jim, give us a little background, um, a little bit of history here for those that maybe missed our other interviews. Uh, you've got uh, kind of an interesting background and a lot of world travel and and uh, a lot of things pouring into your books. Well, I'm a central Minnesota native, grew up in St. Cloud, went to high school at St. Cloud Cathedral, went to uh, St. Cloud State College. I taught in Albany, Minnesota for eight years, and I taught in Maple Lake, and that's my Wright County tie-in. I was in Maple Lake for eight years as well. And uh, from there, I went to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and taught in an American school for four years. And I finished my teaching career at St. Anthony Village here in the Twin Cities the last 17 years, so a total of 37 years in a classroom. Almost all of those years, except when I was in Brazil, all of them except Brazil, I was coaching speech, and I'm still coaching speech. I'm in my eighth year as an assistant coach at Blaine High School. So I can't get out of the classroom, I guess. <laughs> somebody who never graduated from high school. Well, it's uh, an interesting uh, and colorful background and uh, a lot of experiences, and uh, they kind of reflect uh, in your work. We're going to get to uh, Liana Leash here, but this uh, actually is kind of the uh, second of these types of collections. Is that right? Yes, uh, my first short story collection was The Mystery of Tony the Goat and other stories, other tales. And uh, the first book I wrote was a autobiographical story basically growing up in central Minnesota and a lot about uh, the classroom. And there are a lot of travel stories in there, too. I did considerable traveling. I spent uh, time in India and Nepal. I took an around-the-world trip in 1990, and I've been to Europe uh, several other times. And then when I taught in South America, I traveled a great deal in South America as well. So those are reflected in uh, The Road Taken. I also have a chapter in there on uh, taxi driving and Minneapolis, which I did part-time many, many summers, uh, especially while I was teaching at Maple Lake. And uh, my short stories, uh, some of them are set in, uh, in South America. Uh, in uh, Mystery of Tony the Goat, there's one set in the Falkland Islands. And uh, in Leah on a Leash, there's uh, two or three of them set in Sao Paulo, and uh, so I've uh, I've been around. I 
did a lot of traveling, and I enjoyed all of that. And uh, so when I retired, I had some time to do some things, and uh, my mother wanted me to write down stories about my grandparents, and I did, and uh, submitted that to the Stearns History Museum, and they published it in their uh, uh, magazine, and uh, my grandfather was known in central Minnesota as a folk artist and uh, somewhat of a historian. So that's how I got started in all of this. And uh, I do uh, set some of my stories with a Wright County background between Albany and Maple Lake. Uh, a lot of my students were rural students. And uh, so some of my stories reflect that and bits and pieces from each place sometimes find theirs, find themselves into one story. So, Jim Studer is our yep. Jim Studer, our guest on our KRWC book club for the month of April. Let me ask you, Jim, um, on your writing now, uh, the the book that preceded this, plus now the uh, the one that we're focusing on today, Leah on a Leash and other stories. Um, when you're writing, are you focusing on one story at a time, or are they kind of all developing at the same time, and you kind of do you jump around from one to the other? Usually it's it's one story at a time, but, uh, for example, one of the stories that I've got in Leah uh, on a leash, I actually wrote the first version of that and thought it was going to be in the mystery of Tony the Goat, and... Uh, my editor, typist, and so on, uh, Ran Rice, said, uh, "This is this story. It just isn't isn't going anywhere. You need to work on that." So I threw it away, and well, actually, not very far away, but about a year and a half, two years later, I resurrected it and made a lot of changes, and uh, that uh, ends up in. Uh, Leah on a leash, and if I'm going to grab uh, my table of contents here and give you the title of it, and it's uh, oh, what have I got here? Um, to or from is a story, and basically it's it's based on my experience as an overseas teacher and. Uh, why people leave the United States to go teach somewhere overseas, and a lot of the uh, what people are called local hires accuse the stateside hires of running from something. Uh, divorces, uh, other kinds of bad relationships, and need to escape. And uh, sometimes this gets to be an argument in the teacher's lounge, and so I I delved into that, but that was one that uh, probably took me three or four years to write, because I didn't really know how I wanted to approach it. Other stories, basically, I do a lot of writing on my stationary bike. Not the actual physical writing, but uh, I go through the stories in my mind. And uh, usually when I'm in the process of writing a story that I've had 
swirling through my mind for a couple of months. By the time I'm writing it, I'm back on my stationary bike uh, trying to come up with the next one. And sometimes for months I have no ideas at all. And then uh, all of a sudden uh, I've got three stories in three weeks. So it, it varies. So the... Uh... The creative process is uh, always always flowing, but uh, maybe it doesn't always uh, formulate exactly the same way. And uh, and, and that's so. I um, I had a student some years back that was interested in radio, and uh, I always wanted to do a story on him, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it or how it would come out, uh, and. Uh, Again, one day sitting on my stationary bike, I had the story, and uh, so I've got that now. On something that teachers often do, I think, is wonder about students they've had in the past. Where are they now? Well, I have no idea where this young man is at all, or what he's doing. Uh, but based on the fact that he was interested in radio. Uh, Spurred the story that I created, and that story uh, basically uh, ends up in northern Michigan, which is a beautiful part of the country to visit. So you never know where they're going to go or where they're going to come from, and bang, there they are. Yeah. Uh, are all your characters fictional, or are some... Uh, it kind of sounds like they're maybe based on on uh, real people, but are are there some that are... You know, actual persons. Maybe you don't name them the the exact well, name. Uh, I coach speech, and one of the things I tell my kids in coaching speech, and a lot of it is literary interpretation, and I've directed plays. Uh, you've got a character. You've got to find a basis for that character. You look for somebody in your life that this character reminds you of, and uh, basically that's how a lot of my stories come out with, for example, uh, from the the old man from his recliner, I've got a story called That's Crazy, and that's based on a speech student that I've worked with who uh, was a delightful young woman who's now in college, uh, and uh, the personality was there, and I thought, gosh, I've got to do something with that. And so I developed a character that uh, ends up to be a sixth-grade neighbor of the old man. And so I I know where the story came from, but the character in the story is not that same person. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I guess uh, inspiration. Yeah. Some of them uh, uh, do inspire that. And... uh, some of them are just uh, part of it's just uh, just creation. You sure. you get an idea and somebody reminds you of something and and there you you build upon it. I guess I've done that most of my life. I I would see people in church or I would see people at a restaurant. Sometimes I would see the, the same people but never knew them. I never talked to them uh, and. Uh, I had to create my own stories about who they might have been and where they might be going. Even when I was way back working in my days at the St. Cloud Hospital, I would uh, 
think about some of the people who worked there that I would see and never knew out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that worked there. And uh, I had uh, my first job at the hospital was sorting dirty laundry. If you can imagine somebody being in a room for eight hours, uh, picking stuff out of a huge tub and throwing it into uh, different bins, uh, your mind has got to do something other than know which bin to throw the junk in from the the stairs. So I created stories about the people I worked with. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to explore a little bit more about uh, the connection here between the writing and the speech. Now, it's uh, you know a couple of different a couple of different angles there. Sometimes uh, uh, writers are really good writers and not necessarily the greatest at you know verbally presenting it. But um, you know you've got kind of the the opposite writing and speech. How how do you uh, take the writing? to the students, for instance, and and develop that uh, presentation end of it? Well, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking there, but uh, I while teaching, uh, one of the things that I think I got pretty good at was teaching writing, and uh, I did an awful lot of reading about how to teach writing, about how to write, and I read a lot of works written by writers about how they write and uh, what they what they look for, what they they think they need to do, and how they write and rewrite. I also taught many, many different years creative writing, and I attended uh, seminars where I heard writers talk about how they write and where they get their ideas. And so before, I guess, I ever started doing my actual writing, uh, I spent a lot of time trying to teach it. And uh, I got a lot of very good feedback uh, from parents and students when they got to college about uh, how well prepared they thought their kids were uh, for doing their work in college. And a lot of it, of course, is writing. And then... Uh, speaking and speech, the difference between written language and spoken language, I became quite familiar with. And, of course, all of that adapts itself to uh, to writing short stories in particular because you've got the dialogue uh, to contend with. And uh, you want the story to move along and to read well. Some of the comments I've got is that uh, my stories are easy to read, and I guess that's a compliment, or it means they're so simple, it's uh, not a problem to follow. But uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I think so. It's just it's the connection between you know the writing of a story or any particular piece, and then the uh, you know delivery of it. When let me ask you this too, and and I don't know how you advise students on this. Uh, for for preparing, you know, to present things. But when you're writing, uh, do you uh, does each character that you have? Do you imagine uh, what they sound like? Do you imagine what their voice is, or and and how do you tell students about that? Well, I 
I have to have some idea. Uh, voices often tell us a great deal about uh, either correctly or incorrectly about the character behind it. Uh, for example, I think there are some politicians who uh, can win elections just because they sound wonderful. Uh, I think Ronald Reagan was an example of that. Uh, he just he sounded like somebody's grandpa and like somebody you would trust and somebody who uh, could only speak the truth. And uh, he ran against Minnesota's Walter Mondale, and one of Mondale's problems was that as a speaker, he did not come off real well. And I, I do know, I read a lot about it, that Mondale uh, sought a lot of help in improving his speech presentation. Uh, and I, I think of the, the Kansas senator who ran for president uh, some years back in the 80s, uh, Robert Dole. And Dole's uh, voice was just, to me, uh, the kind of person you'd say, you know, I wouldn't buy a used car from him. And so I, I do think there is a connection. Uh, we judge people based on how they look. We judge people based on how they sound. And none of this is, is fair or accurate, but we do that. So when I write a character, uh, I, I hear them speak. I hear them talk. Um, I know who they remind me of. And uh, so that that does play a great deal into it. And then, of course, depending on, on the words they choose, uh, there are harsh words in the language, and there are mean words in the language, and uh, just the sound of them sometimes. So sometimes I, I wrestle with a word. What word do I want? And sometimes it... Uh, takes weeks to find the right word. Yeah. Leah on a leash and other stories. Jim Studer is the author and our guest on our KRWC book club for the month of April. Jim, where can people, uh, first, I want to do one other thing first, and I want to uh, be able to have you highlight uh, the uh, cover art and uh, some of the other illustrations. There's not a lot, but uh, they're, they're pretty meaningful here throughout the book. Well, in the Leah on the Leash, the cover art and illustrations are by uh, Miranda Rice. And uh, in uh, Tony the Goat and uh, other tales, uh, we had a, uh, a drawing that went with each story, and she did those as well, and as well as designing the cover uh, for that. And the cover for that... Uh, was her drawing, and uh, the cover for this was, was her design, and the idea for three books in one was was her idea, since uh, the first 10, 11 stories are uh, from the point of view of a teacher by the name of Stuart August, and uh, the last 10 or 11 stories are... Uh, the recliner of a grouchy old man, and uh, he meets some interesting characters on the way. And interestingly enough, my 20-some-year-old 
uh, editor liked the old man stories better than any. <laughs> so I'm not sure what the dynamics of that happened to be, but she said, you got to write more of that grouchy old man. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's where the artwork comes in. Uh, the photo of the cover of the first book, road taken, uh, my brother-in-law, Gary Strewing, uh, took that picture, and uh, so that's where that stuff comes from. Sure. And where can people get a hold of Leah on a leash? I know there's a number of uh, locations and lots of options there, too. Well, I think that's one wonderful thing about Wright County. They've got a couple of bookstores that uh, I've got... uh, the Book Break in Maple Lake, who's had my books for years, and more recently, uh, uh, Buffalo Books and Coffee have my books. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Stearns County and lived there for a long time, and it's uh, hard for me to find independent bookstores, uh, such as the two I just mentioned in Wright County. Uh, and here in the Twin Cities, uh, there are fewer and fewer of the independent bookstores and uh, places uh, that are the big chain outfits uh, basically only want the stuff that's going to sell thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of copies. And so the little guy gets left out. So my books are available at both of those places. They're available through the Stearns County History Museum. They're available at uh, Stems and Vines in Waite Park. They're available at Eat My Words here in northeast Minneapolis. And, of course, you can get them on Amazon. The best place to get them is to call me up and I'll get you a copy. Since I'm self-published, that helps me more than the others since I get the entire cost into my pocket that way. Uh, But I I really am grateful to the uh, Wright County bookstores. And uh, I think that's that's wonderful. Yep, they do a great job. Let's take the last minute or two here, Jim. Uh, it's our tradition here on the uh, book club to have uh, each monthly off, uh, author introduce next month's book and author. And I'll give you some time to do that. Uh, I read uh, Diane Carlson Evans' book, Healing Wounds, and uh, I actually... I'm of the age where the Vietnam War was a real thing for me in my 20s, and uh, I actually have a short story dealing with that, uh, and it comes from the recliner of the old man, and it's called Guilty or Not, and it's a story about somebody wrestling with the idea of, do I allow myself to be drafted? Do I avoid the draft? What do I do? And how do I do it? And so I've written that story. Uh, I I don't want to say I enjoyed her book, because it's not the kind of book you enjoy, but it's the kind of book that when you've read it, you say, oh my, you know, I'm glad I read that. that there's a fascinating information there and some real gut-wrenching emotion in the whole thing and uh, I know people who were in Vietnam 
I personally wasn't. Uh, I knew a nurse that I graduated with who uh, was in Vietnam as a nurse. And so uh, that part of the book, her experience in, of course, the high school bit she talks about in Buffalo, uh, appeals to me because I spent my life in a classroom. Uh, the fact that her story of what happens to her in Vietnam and what happens to the people she's with uh, is, is certainly gut-wrenching and worth reading. And I was impressed with how well the book was written. And uh, I know that she's not, she's a nurse, not a writer, but uh, Bob Welsh, who assisted her with this, has done a wonderful job. The book is very, very well written. And uh, for me, the the Vietnam experience for her was the part that I got the most out of, and the story of uh, finally being able to get uh, a statue for the female aspect of the soldiers in Vietnam uh, was certainly interesting. Yeah. It's a great story, and we look forward to, uh, to talking with Diane Carlson-Evans again next month about healing wounds. Jim, we have to run, but uh, thank you for being with us on the KRWC Book Club for this month. Leah on a Leash and Other Stories, three books in one. And uh, best of luck to you. Are you working on something new? Uh, in a way. <laughs> I'm having partial knee replacement in two weeks. So oh, boy. Okay. Right now I'm working on that. All right. Well, best of luck with that, and uh, we hope to visit with you again in the, in the uh, future. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Jim Studer, our guest on the KRWC Book Club, again, this month's book, Leah on a Leash and Other Stories, three books in one. You can pick it up at the local bookstores, The Book Break in Maple Lake, Buffalo Books and Coffee, and many other sources. And we'll be back again on the third Thursday next month.